40 years ago this week, Return of the Jedi burst into theaters across the country and around the world. The film was the finale of a space fantasy and science fiction trilogy that captured the hearts of both children and adults and introduced a new era for film. It was a satisfying conclusion to a story spanning three films over six years. After the cliffhanger of the previous film, The Empire Strikes Back, we finally had the chance to see Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, and Lando Calrissian infiltrate Jabba the Hutt's palace with the help of R2-D2, Chewbacca, and C-3PO to rescue Han Solo, who had been frozen in carbonite. We saw Luke not as a Jedi in training, but as a full-fledged Jedi Knight in control of his powers and his emotions, and walking with the Force. After defeating Jabba, we traveled with him to Dagobah to say farewell to his mentor Yoda and to reunite with Obi-Wan Kenobi. We learned of the Emperor's plan to build a second and more powerful Death Star, one whose planet-destroying laser would finish off the rebellion once and for all. And we joined our heroes for a rebel briefing about the plan to stop the Empire by attacking a shield generator on the moon of Endor. We rode on speeder bikes with Leia and Luke and met the furry little warriors named Ewoks in the process. We fought alongside of them through the forest, stopping the Imperial forces and destroying a few ATST walkers in the process. We watched as Luke gave himself up to Darth Vader, facing him again in the hopes of bringing him back to the light side. We cowered in fear as the Emperor threatened to destroy Han and Leia and all of Luke's friends and pushed Luke to turn to the dark side. We sat transfixed as John Williams' legendary music swelled and Luke faced Darth Vader in a relentless battle to the death. And then we remembered what made a hero a hero as Luke threw down his lightsaber and told the Emperor he would not kill his father would not join the Emperor and fall to the dark side, and that there was still hope for Vader, long after that spark had seemingly faded. Our mouths dropped as the Emperor unleashed his attack on Luke, as lightning flew from his fingertips, slowly killing the Jedi Knight. But Luke had been right. There had been a light in Vader all this time, and Luke's love for his father reignited it. We leapt from our seats and cheered as Vader picked up the Emperor and threw him into a chasm below, sacrificing himself to save his son, and in the process, his daughter and the entire galaxy. We co-piloted the Millennium Falcon with Lando and Nine Numb as they raced through the Death Star, blowing it up from the inside. And we rejoined all of our friends and heroes in the Ewok village for an unforgettable celebration as the Empire collapsed and freedom once again reigned throughout the galaxy. And we stepped away from the merrymaking to stand with Luke as he acknowledged the three Jedi spirits that helped him along his journey, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and the redeemed Anakin Skywalker. This is a collection of the stories shared by our friends and fellow collectors that highlight the magic of Return of the Jedi. This is what Return of the Jedi means to each of them, and a celebration of why the film still resonates with all of us. This is 40 years of Star Wars fandom. And this 
is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. This week has been a pretty memorable and magical one on the Star Wars timeline. I can't believe it's been 40 years since Return of the Jedi premiered and concluded what has become one of the most beloved film trilogies of all time. I reached out to a vast number of Star Wars fans and asked them to share stories highlighting their connections to the film and the collectibles that came from it. And as you'll see, Return of the Jedi still means so much to so many people. I'm sitting outside after a wonderful Sunday barbecue during the Memorial Day weekend. The night is one of those ones that just makes you feel more alive. The weather is perfect, nature is buzzing and singing, and I'm finally sitting to relax for a bit. But we have so much to cover over the next hour, so I want to get right into it. For this episode, I asked our friends to share their stories connected to the film whether it was seeing it for the first time as a child or some meaningful memory they experienced as an adult. I wanted them to share whatever they wanted because I knew these stories would resonate with all of us. In creating Return of the Jedi, George Lucas crafted a story that still feels powerful and personal and has connected so many of us to become friends. And that is something for which I'm eternally thankful. As you'll see from these stories, some of the same elements that make Star Wars so profound and special are woven into our friends' experiences with the film. The themes of family and relationships to parents, grandparents, siblings, and friends are constants in these memories. The joy of the unexpected, the excitement that propels us to return to the theaters again and again, and the moments that play back in our minds with each passing year— are all part of what makes Return of the Jedi a mile marker in our lives. I cannot tell you how excited I am for you to hear our friends' stories. So let's celebrate together as we travel back to the era of the Jedi. Grab your favorite beverage, embrace your wonderful and wild imagination, find the perfect spot to nestle in for a bit, and let's reminisce together on the magic of 40 years of Return of the Jedi. Hi, David. This is Alon Bartlett. I was seven when Star Wars came out, so I was 13 when Return of the Jedi first premiered. And 
something that's remarkable about my life is that I have gotten to see all Star Wars movies on opening day. And that's because my father was a filmmaker in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he knew George Lucas and was anticipating that Star Wars was going to be a big deal. So he took a friend and me as a seven-year-old to see Star Wars on opening day. And I hear we went in early, and by the time we came out, there was already a line blocks long. Then three years later, I was only 10, so not that aware of what was happening in the world. And I was taken by my friend George and his father Sheldon on an adventure. His dad put us in the car and said, you know, I'm taking you guys to something special. So we had no idea what was happening. And as we got close to the theater, could look out the window and see the lines and realized, oh my goodness, it's going to be the next Star Wars movie. But three years later, in 1983, I now was a teenager and had the capacity to navigate the bus system and travel around on my own. What I was most excited about for the premiere of the film was which T-shirt was I going to wear. In the weeks leading up to it, I had been shopping with my mom for clothes at maybe a store like Macy's or JCPenney. I can't remember which. Uh, But I do remember seeing a lot of T-shirts with advanced images from the film. And so I chose a red one and a blue one. And at this point, I don't remember which one I wore on opening day, but I do remember getting ready to go to the movies and trying to decide which T-shirt should I wear. And that's something that I'm still doing to this day as I see all the other Star Wars movies and always wear a Star Wars T-shirt. Bye. Hi, everyone. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. It's Keith Ware. My friends know me as Kiwi. And while I might not remember what I just went into the kitchen to get, I remember the opening day of Return of the Jedi like it was yesterday. It was May 25th, 1983. The weather was your typical spring day for New York, with blue skies and 68 degrees. The morning started off like any other, me getting ready for school. But this wouldn't just be any ordinary day. This particular morning was different, almost electrical. It was filled with excitement and anticipation. As I got out of my parents' station wagon, I was handed a note that read, please excuse Keith at 9.30 as he has a doctor appointment. I looked at my mother and smiled, not not because I like going to the doctor, but because there was no doctor appointment. This was opening day for Return of the Jedi. Star Wars was a huge part of not only my life, but my family's life. We saw each film on opening day, and my parents always pulled my sister, brother, and I out of school early to see the first showing. After The Empire Strikes Back, we had three years of torturous waiting. There were arguments and debates, will the Rebels win, is Han Solo gone, and many others, but the biggest was always, is Darth Vader really Luke's father? After three years of waiting, the day was finally here. All of our questions would be answered. This was the day the trilogy would come to a conclusion. I was picked up from school at 9.30, and we all packed into the family station wagon. My father drove the five of us to the theater for the 10 a.m. show. He didn't take us to our normal theater as he thought it would be too crowded. He chose correctly as the theater he picked was nearly empty. We walked in, and he bought me the official Return of the Jedi souvenir program. 
We found our seats. My father sat in the aisle seat like he always did, followed by me, then my mother, my brother, and my sister. I began looking through the magazine. I remember seeing an image of the Rancor monster and thinking how cool he looked and wondering what part he'd play in the movie. I wouldn't have to wait long to find out as just then the lights began to dim a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then the music began. Instant goosebumps. Goosebumps I still get today every time I hear that John Williams Star Wars theme. The movie was brilliant, and to my surprise, my favorite of the trilogy. I never thought a movie would be better than Empire Strikes Back, but here I was in awe and amazement. I loved the story, the characters, the location, and how it all fit together in a perfect ending to a perfect trilogy. My favorite scene was Jabba's palace and Bard scene. Apparently it was the rest of the family's favorite as well, as my father said we could stay and watch the beginning again of the second showing. My mother, a smoker, decided to pass and go outside and get the car. The four of us sat there again, goosebumps. The Jabba scene was as good the second time around as it was the first. We were sucked in, and before we knew it, the Ewoks and Rebels were celebrating their victory, and the end credits began. We got to the car. My mother was extremely angry with us, but mostly my father. Our only the first 20 minutes, we promise, had turned into the full two hours and 11 minutes. I had seen the movie twice before my friends were even out of school. Now that all our questions were answered, and we knew who all the new characters were and where they fit into the movie... It was time to search for the toys. Hey, this is Tyler Fedigan with the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club and a Return of the Jedi memory. Uh, Return of the Jedi has a very special place in my world because it was my very first Star Wars movie. It was the mid-80s, and our small town, which previously only had a liquor store, a gas station, and a hardware store, opened up a fairly decent video rental store. It was the kind where all the movie boxes were on display and had little plastic tickets hanging below each film. If you went up to the counter carrying the movie box, the clerk would roll their eyes and tell you to bring it back and go grab the ticket. It was a classy joint. Oh, my dad, in response to this store opening up, bought our family uh, our very first brand new VCR. I remember it clearly it was a big deal. Um, our family had never had anything like that. It was pretty exciting. And this VCR... Uh, was special. It had a connected remote with a super long wire. So for the first time, I could lay on the couch with a snack and operate that beast like a boss. I could fast forward, I could rewind, pause, I could even go slow-mo. I mean, it was glorious. So Fridays in our house became movie night, and my dad would stop at the rental store on his way home from work and bring home a movie. He always chose it. There was no texting or no special requests. Um, back in the 80s, kids really didn't have a say in anything, if you can believe that. But it was fun because it was always a surprise. Uh, he always made a big deal about it when he came home with, the, with a big announcement. So we all waited for him to, to come home on Fridays. And one of the first movie nights, we came home with his big announcement of, I have the new Star Wars movie. Uh, the family was excited. I didn't know what that was. I was just a kid. Um, but we popped it in and we watched it and I loved it. I watched it over and over again. 
Um, I was just engulfed. I was also confused. I, I had no understanding of parts of the story, not seeing the other two films, um, but I didn't love it any less. And my dad, realizing he had hit it big with his rental selection, said, I think there's another Star Wars film where Luke Skywalker gets his hand chopped off. And I was sold. I was like, we need that one. So he found it. He went back next week. He brought home Empire Strikes Back. We watched it. It was rad. And it concluded. And he said, you know, I think there's another one. I was like, another one? How can there be another one? Uh, so the following week, he found Star Wars A New Hope, or it was just Star Wars in those days, and I had officially seen the entire trilogy in reverse order. Uh, the rest is history, uh, but it all started with Return of the Jedi, and it still remains my favorite of the trilogy to this day. Hi, this is Mike DiStefano, and I'd like to share a few memories I had about seeing Return of the Jedi for the first time in 1983. I remember my mom taking my sister and I to see it at the Bucks County Mall in Feasterville, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. We went in the middle of the day and caught the matinee. I remember watching it, and some of the memories include seeing the second Death Star and the Royal Guards, the vivid redness and the stark contrast of gray that the Death Star has and just being very, very intrigued by uh, what, what are these Royal Guards? What are these red that are flanking the shuttle? And the memories of seeing additional aliens in Jabba's palace and how that all played out and reconnected with um, Han being unfrozen. And so... As the movie went on, all of 11-year-old me, I guess maybe even it was 10 at the time, um, getting lots of questions from my mom and my sister about, is the emperor, is that Obi-Wan? Uh, it was kind of funny to look back and think that uh, the first time they saw the emperor come down the ramp, they were thinking that maybe that was Obi-Wan. And, and maybe even more comical is the fact that they thought the 10-year-old me had all of the answers to... Um, stuff that was all brand new, no internet, no anything. We just kind of went off of the little bit that we could get uh, from the previews and, and leading up to the movie. I remember being a fan of the, the Ewoks and overcoming uh, the David and Goliath story there, taking down the Empire and the Stormtroopers. Just the the 10-year-old me was just enthralled with the movie and I couldn't even tell you the second time I saw it, but I remember walking out of there with such vivid memories and having absolutely none of the answers uh, to all of the questions my family was asking. But many a trip to Kitty City, Toys R Us, Clover uh, for the action figures, afterwards for the rest of the summer and well into the next year as well. Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Peck from the Northeast Star Wars Collectors Club. Uh, I want to thank David Quinn for inviting me and everyone else to talk about our memories of the film. 
Uh, Return of the Jedi, I was lucky enough to see this during its original theatrical release. That Saturday matinee, uh, we had this tradition. It was my grandfather. He'd bring my brother and I to all the Star Wars films. And this time we saw it at the state-of-the-art showcase cinemas in Orange, Connecticut. This was the big deal. They had seven movie theaters. So 1983, that was a, a... huge huge deal and uh couldn't believe it when i saw this i was eight and a half years old i was really old enough to understand what was going on and watching the story unfold uh, you know seeing luke now as this you know jedi knight matured um Seeing you know Leia in disguise as Bausch to rescue Han, and we didn't know what was going to happen with Han, how he came out of the carbonite. Uh, then we saw Lando there in disguise, and what really just had me on the edge of my seat is to see Luke walking the plank, and then that was like, okay, this how's he going to get out of this? This is impossible. And then how he nodded to R two, and the lightsaber came out, and they were victorious. I couldn't believe it. I mean, man, uh, this was just so incredible as a small child watching this. And still to this day, I could watch the opening you know, sequence with Jabba and, and, you know, on Tatooine. And after that, I could shut the movie off and I'm fine with it because uh, it's almost like Full Metal Jacket to me. Return of the Jedi starts off at such a high point at the beginning of the film. Nothing else can really top it. So I could just watch that and I'm like, okay, I'm fine with it. Uh, and I'm just curious to hear everyone else, uh, what they think, what their experiences were watching it for the first time and meeting the actors over the years and just anything else Return of the Jedi. So everyone, let's just celebrate Return of the Jedi 40 years uh, toast. And salacious crumb forever. Hey guys, Jason Hun. So my first memory of Return of the Jedi was watching the original trilogy with my dad back when I was like about four or five. Kickstarted my love for Star Wars. One thing that I really remember about seeing that movie for the first time was noticing Luke in the dark Jedi outfit with the green lightsaber, a shift from his lighter clothing with the blue lightsaber, kind of told you where the tone of what everything was happening um, within those movies were going. Um, the Rancor, Jabba the Hutt, and just seeing, like, you know, the last of uh, the trilogy, especially being a little kid. Not knowing at the time, but you know, knowing now that that was like the last time we we're ever going to see all the original characters together in a movie. So that was my first memory, and especially watching it with my dad, who's uh, you know getting older in age now. Hey, Dave, it's Glenn from Atlanta, Georgia. Just wanted to give you a quick thought of Return of the Jedi. Uh, I remember the movie more than the toys because I had a bunch of uh, Empire toys and trying to convince your parents to buy you more Lukes, even though you already had one as a X-Wing pilot and an embezzlement fatigues and a farm boy Luke. Why'd you need another, you know, fourth or fifth Luke? And why'd you need more than one stormtrooper? So, uh, you know, the toys, I never really have a chance to collect the toys as a kid, but uh, I do remember, ha- uh, you know, seeing the movie. I remember waiting, uh, you know, 
felt like hours outside a hot theater uh, in New Orleans to see it. And, uh, you know, just the anticipation and the buildup, because we don't we don't get that anymore because everything's online. Uh, you don't have to line up and wait on tickets anymore. Um, and, you know, I remember seeing Darth Vader in the makeup and not understanding, you know, as a seven year old movie makeup and how they can make him look like that uh, and make a person look like that, you know, with the scars and missing an ear and all that stuff. Um and, you know, there's always Ewoks and, uh, you know, Yub Yub, Yub Nub. Well, that song was everywhere back then. Uh, I remember it on the radio. I remember it, uh, you know, you go roller skating and it'd be, they'd be playing it roller skating. And, you know, you just just sing, walking around singing it. Uh, I also remember, uh, you know, they had the, the McCalls, I guess, um, you know, make your own ewok costume I, I my mom borrowed it from somebody and i something dance at a school or something i was able to wear it so i walked around as a big ewok at you know eight nine years old i don't remember it feels like feels like it was i was a lot older than seven at the time but um yeah return of the jedi man simpler time happier time one of my core memories uh, as a kid one of my first memories truthfully so i think that's why i hold on to it so hard uh it's just a good time. Later. Hey, David. This is Andrew. I wanted to share my Return of the Jedi story with you. And this is actually my favorite Star Wars film and the one that I find most special. And it's something that I've always loved just for the contents of the movie in terms of it being a dramatic ending to the trilogy at the time. Uh, but here's a little backstory as to why it's my favorite film. So this is back in 1996. It's the start of the school year, and I had my first glimpse of Star Wars toys. Kids were playing with an X-Wing and some various figures at recess, and I was not familiar with Star Wars yet at this time. And later that day, I got home, and I asked my mom about it, and she said, oh, yeah, Star Wars. Your father and I saw that back when it came out. It was such a big deal. And you'll have to ask your father about it when he gets home. He really loves those movies. So I did, and he was very excited to tell me about it. That weekend, we were supposed to go rent one of the movies, but we ended up going to Palmer Video and bought the entire trilogy on VHS and stopped at Toys R Us to pick up uh, a few figures. And that's really how it all started for me. I was very close with my father during my childhood, and we really bonded through hobbies and spending time collecting. And I have to say the collecting gene is definitely genetic to say he was a baseball collector, a baseball card collector was an understatement. I never really got into baseball cards, but I really enjoyed spending time with him at card shows and going around to different collectible shops. We both loved trains and he had a very impressive collection of Lionel and N-Gage trains. And he was always into toys that I liked, whether it was Power Rangers or Star Wars. And he would regularly surprise me with something like a new Luke Skywalker or a Megazord for no special occasion. Fast forward to March of 97, and I had a Star Wars birthday party where my friends came over to the house for lunch. We had a ton of food, and the party was Star Wars themed, of course. I actually found one of the paper plates and cups a few months ago, cleaning uh, out an old closet. Definitely going to be a treasured piece of my collection moving forward. My friends gave me lots of Star Wars-themed presents, and it was something that we really all loved. Afterwards, we went to the local movie theater, and we saw Return of the Jedi Special Edition. My mom, dad, father, uh, we all drove over to the theater in different cars, and it was truly magical. 
But none of us really knew just how special that time really was. Return of the Jedi ended up being the last movie that I saw in theaters with my father. It was also the last birthday that I got to celebrate with my father. Unfortunately, later that summer, he unexpectedly became ill and then passed away towards the end of the summer. And Return of the Jedi is always going to be that special movie, but also Star Wars movie of a very big change in my life. And I always think of him when I watch it. And unfortunately, I never really got to collect Star Wars with him. And I know it would have been really amazing to have gone through this journey of collecting Star Wars and just really loving the films and the toys with him. And so that's my Return of the Jedi story and why that movie is so special to me. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I'll talk to you soon, David. Bye. Mr. Quinn and the Prototypes and Production Podcast. This is Justin Haney here to tell you guys a little story related to Return of the Jedi. Uh, As many of you guys know, my wife and I um, go to a lot of conventions and shows. She's almost always uh, there with me at room sales or uh, walking the show floor. And one of our favorite conventions is Dragon Con, a really big sci-fi show that's been going Gosh, almost 30 years here in Atlanta. Quite a few years back, uh, when Jen and I first started dating and and getting pretty serious, we'd moved in together. She saw a lot of my collectibles and really envied uh, one of the movie posters I have that I've I've had since I was a child, probably seven, eight years old, and I've been collecting autographs uh, from original trilogy characters on it. So Jen was like, you know... I want to meet all these, you know, uh, celebrities, these stars from the films. Um, so we came up with, uh, getting an original stormtrooper helmet. I think the, our, our A and H one is like an EFX collectible. So it's like a really high quality helmet and kind of to take that around to shows and get, get signatures. So anyway, here's to the, to the main story. Uh, one year, Carrie Fisher's a dragon con. So my wife dressed up in her slave Leia cosplay, uh, the metal bikini, and, uh, she's walking around with her stormtrooper helmet, waiting in line for Carrie and people are taking photos with her. It's a big thing at dragon con cosplaying. So lots of photo ops, finally get up to Carrie and uh, in her perfect style uh, looks at my wife and she said, honey, wear it while you can. And uh, I just think that's a perfect Carrie Fisher quote. And uh, obviously with the slave Leia and return of the Jedi 40th. So Mr. Quinn, I appreciate the, uh, the ask on this. Hope that's something you were looking for and cheers. Hi, this is Blake Menifee from Austin, Texas. My favorite Return of the Jedi memory is a pretty recent one. So I have to preface with saying my wife and I got married uh, after one date uh, about a week after. So she had never seen Star Wars before. And as you do, you don't force Star Wars on someone. So she finally watches uh, New Hope. And I'm at work one day and I get a phone call. And she's pretty upset. And I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, you have to tell me this. Why did Luke's lightsaber turn green? And I thought about that, and I had never 
thought about it before. Well, long story short, she led me to that deleted scene in Return of the Jedi. Um, but that's what I love about these movies is that there's always something to experience uh, living vicariously through other people who get excited. Um, and yeah, it's been such a big part of our lives. Hi, David. This is uh, Narayan Naik from uh, Georgia. I uh, just wanted to record something for your Return of the Jedi segment. So my um, biggest theatrical memories of Return of the Jedi was at the uh, North Hills Theater in Pittsburgh. And I do vividly recall waiting in line uh, for Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, the, back in those days, there's no pre-sale tickets or anything like that. You basically uh, waited in line for the next show. Um, and uh, I remember that line wrapped around that theater building about three times. Um, and, uh, you know, we waited, I believe, something close to about two hours to get into the to the movie that day it was an afternoon I believe um, matinee showing um, but uh, it was an amazing experience uh, I'm sure I didn't take it all in the first time but I do vividly remember the, um, the battle at uh, the Sarlacc pit um, as well as you know seeing Han Solo being uh, freed from carbonite uh, and of course, that final um, uh, confrontation scene between Luke, Darth Vader, and the Emperor on the Death Star. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it a couple more times during its run, but uh, uh, that early uh, memory of you know wrapping around the theater, um, you know, was uh, definitely ingrained. So just wanted to share that. Hey, everyone. This is Alex Party. I'm glad to be part of this uh, David Quinn podcast. And uh, I just wanted to share a quick memory of Return of the Jedi with you. Uh, by the time that came out, I felt like a lot of my fellow Star Wars friends had dropped off. They'd moved on to other things, be it He-Man, G.I. Joe, sports. Um, but I remember being very excited and waiting in line for the film it affected me very profoundly. There, there was, I, I do remember a distinct feeling that you were now seeing the machinery of the marketing in the film in a way you didn't in the first two films. Um, to me, the Ewoks, even as a young, I don't know, I was preteen, the cynical side of me said, okay, they're selling teddy bears and they look like Kenny Rogers. Um, but it was still an excellent movie. It put a little bow on the, the series. I didn't think there needed to be any prequels or anything going after that. I was very happy with it. And uh, it's uh, still one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, all the stories, all the themes. It was wonderful. And um, I'm glad I got to see it in theaters originally and uh, experience it the way uh, Lucas presented it to us. It was just the perfect, the, it's very, very rare that they make three great films in a row in a series. Usually there's a considerable drop off. So I was very happy, it was good stuff. Thanks. Hi, this is Danny Katzel and this is my Return of the Jedi memory. When I was about five years old, my grandfather came to me and took me to Toys R Us 
and said I could buy anything in the store that I wanted. I didn't know it at the time, but he was in bad health and didn't have much time left to live. And I think this was his way of doing one final present for me. Being five years old, I had just started to understand the meaning of money. And I did not want him to spend much money on me. So as we're wandering around the store, looking at all these amazing things, I didn't want him to, to buy anything too big. And I remember walking around Toys R Us, which was not something I usually went to. It was a very rare occurrence for me to go to Toys R Us. Uh, I remember seeing a pallet full of the uh, speeder bike. And the, I really wanted one, but I didn't want my grandfather to spend that much money uh, for this little speeder bike, which was probably like $10. And I kept saying, I don't, want, I don't want anything big. I just want one little small thing. And I think I ended up, after wandering around the entire store, picking out a matchbox car. And that was what I got. And I remember hearing much, much later that my mother really liked that story because... My grandfather came and picked me up from our house, said I was going to buy something really great for, for Danny, and we were gone for hours, hours and hours and hours. And when I finally came back, instead of this giant thing like a bike or some giant playset, I just had this little matchbox car. So that was always a, a funny story. To this day, I still don't have a speeder bike, and I never will. I kind of like holding on to that idea that I'm passing up on this speeder bike. So that's my Return of the Jedi memory. David, this is Jason Wasolka with the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. I was three years old when Return of the Jedi came out, and much like Princess Leia said of her mother, what I remember that time are images, really. I remember uh, watching that scene towards the end when Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker are fighting against the black and blue background uh, with their red and green lightsabers, and the music swelling and the hiss of the lightsabers, and I really thought to myself, this is awesome as a, as a three- or four-year-old. It was can't remember much from that time, but those are the images that kind of stick out. I do distinctly remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. Uh, much later, when uh, the special editions came out, I kind of had a personal breakthrough watching Return of the Jedi, seeing the father redeem himself with the son in that beautiful moment of the son believing in the father and the father overcoming his darker side. Um, you probably can read between the lines there, but that was a very beautiful moment and one that I felt could relate to myself and... Um, 
I was tearing up in the theater, and I thought it was just very beautiful, and I realized why Star Wars resonated so much in my life and why it was important and why it means so much to me today. There was a very personal connection to Star Wars, and I thought it was beautiful, and that's that's my memory of the movie itself. Um, and just recently, the Georgia Alliance got together as a group and watched the 40th anniversary on screen, and uh, that was that was kind of cool and special. Uh, those are the kind of things that uh, you can't buy, that, that just happens, and the friendships that come from that kind of stuff is uh, pretty special as well. So that movie is pretty magnificent and uh, uh, timeless, and uh, it means a lot. And when it comes to collectibles, um, when I was a kid, I loved that speeder bike. I would play with the speeder bike, and I thought it was the greatest toy ever because it exploded. You can fly that thing around. Uh, with the biker scout on it, and crash it into the couch, hit the button, and boom, the whole thing would fall apart. You put it back together and play with it again. I, I That's one toy that I distinctly remember playing with. Just recently, I unearthed uh, some 8mm film of myself when I was 3 or 4 years old opening up a Reese figure. So uh, one of my goals in life will be to track down a, a Reese figure on card. I have one, but it's cracked. The bubble's cracked, and... Uh, uh, I'm looking for something a little bit better to go in the collection. Another collectible that I have uh, is the Action Fleet TIE Interceptor, which is one of my favorite vehicles from that. And uh, I was probably like 13, 14 when that came out. And my brother and I, we both had our, um, we both collected Action Fleet. And uh, I don't know if people know this, but one of the TIE pilots take his helmet off and you can see George Lucas in these giant aviators. And uh, my brother and I thought it was extremely rare. I thought we we hit the jackpot because uh, why would they do that? And uh, we just got lucky one day. But no, that's that's in all the tie interceptors. So it's something my brother and I still talk about to this day. We uh, when we get together, we'll be like, "Hey, do you remember that George Lucas figure Tie Fighter pilot we we had? And we thought it was like super rare, one out of a million. And it just turned out that everybody had it. Um, so we laugh about that." Uh, just recently, a couple of years ago, I was able to pick up a first-shot Salacious Crumb, who um, is one of my favorite uh, creatures from uh, Star Wars because I love Kermit the Frog so much. And so, to me, Salacious Crumb is the anti-Kermit the Frog. He's like the evil version. So, um, so to pick up a uh, first-shot Kenner, um, first of all, picking up any kind of first-shot Kenner thing is pretty incredible. But to have a character that I truly care about, Salacious Crumb, um, I love asking people, is he an accessory or is he a character? Because Jabba the Hutt's on the box, not Salacious Crumb. He's more of an accessory. But to me, he's he's a character. It's Salacious Crumb with Jabba the Hutt. So that's, that's what I got. Um, thank you for letting me be part of this, and may the Force be with you. Hi. My name is Jabba Oropesa. I've always been a huge fan of Star Wars and has a, a really a personal link with my family and my father. As a little kid, he uh, took me to see all the Star Wars movies at the theater. But uh, Return of the Jedi has always been my favorite Star Wars movie. I will never forget seeing it at this humongous theater in Mexico City. Uh, those that had like huge, huge, huge screens and particularly one scene stuck with me and still st- sticks with me every time I watch it, was the whole sequence at Jabba's Palace. Just the amount of aliens and creatures was just so mind-boggling as a little kid. I, I really became obsessed on learning how they make them come to life. So 
that's partially why uh, Return of the Jedi has always, always been one of my favorite movies. Hi, this is uh, Chris Majeski. Um, my first memory of Return of the Jedi, of course, I knew it was coming out. I remember being in a Safeway, which is a supermarket chain back in the 80s. I don't even know if it's still around. But uh, my mom was checking out, and I walked over to the magazine rack while she was doing that, and I saw it was one of those science fiction fan magazines, kind of like Fangora, but it wasn't for, it wasn't Fangora. It was a sci-fi, not a horror. But I saw that they had stuff from Return of the Jedi, and you know, I just grabbed and started going through it. And the funny thing is, I remember being disappointed when I saw the second Death Star. I mean, I, I thought... I thought we destroyed this already, you know? We can't think of anything better than another Death Star. Of course, it it, it worked out in the end. I remember uh, the comics uh, Tag and Bank. Uh, Tag and Bank were here. I love those comics, of course. And they kind of retconned it with that when they said, uh, another Death Star? And they said, yeah, it kind of goes with the whole they're always two motif of the Sith type of thing. And I, I kind of dug at that. That was pretty cool. But uh, going to see the movie, that was in Des Moines, Iowa. We were visiting my uh, grandparents, my mom and I. So it was at the theater, so we went down and uh, we watched the movie. And that always means a lot to me. So I remember standing in line waiting for it. I remember coming out afterwards, and I, I loved the movie. I mean, Star Wars was the first movie I saw. I loved Empire. Uh, I loved Jedi, uh, in that order, actually. But, uh, yeah, you know, since my mom has passed on, you know, that, that always kind of holds a special memory to me, one of many with her, so... Those are my memories on Jedi. I mean, everything about it. I mean, the Ewoks, the Biker Scouts, um, Luke coming full circle, Vader, the redemption of Anakin. That's one of the big things. I, you know, today looking back, you know, now that we've got more about Anakin with the Clone Wars, episodes one, two, and three, go back and watch it again now, and you see the redemption of Anakin. Um, that's always something pretty cool to me as well. So it's a continuous thing. You know, it continues to evolve and change with it as far as my love for Return of the Jedi and that movie. So that's what I got on that, but uh, I hope you guys en- that was all right. Um, the toy one's coming up next. Hi, this is Jude Hanley, and uh, my lasting memory from Return of the Jedi uh, is Jabba the Hutt. Uh, not my favorite character, certainly, but it's the only thing I think of when people say Return of the Jedi. And as a kid, I just remember seeing this immense, immense alien creature. So powerful that Luke's uh, Jedi mind tricks had no effect on him. And in that simple uh, line in the, in the script, it explained everything about why he was so powerful, why all these people were there. Uh, his entire empire, uh, the sail barge, everything about it was fantastic. And to be honest, you could have ended the movie after the the first third, and I'd have been happy. I, I still hold the first movie in such high esteem that once they blew up the Death Star, I really didn't even need the other two movies. But to come up with something that fresh and that new and innovative uh, just shows George Lucas is a is a genius. Thank you. David, it's uh, Sam Sams from the West Virginia Star Wars Collectors Club. Um, first of all, thanks for inviting me to participate in your 
40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi celebration. It's a real honor, and I appreciate it, and uh, appreciate our friendship that we've uh, developed over the last couple of years. So I just wanted to kind of start with that. So... In 1983, I believe it was, when Return of the Jedi came out, I would have been finishing up the third grade. So I was sort of perfect uh, age for for what I think George Lucas was going for in this movie. Um, I remember when, when I saw it in the theaters, um, I went with my brothers, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, and I'm the youngest of, of five, so... I remember going going to the movies with with them, and you know back then you didn't going to the movies was a, was a big deal. Um, so so that was that was just special in and of itself, just to just to be able to go. Um, but then you know the movie itself, I remember being um, kind of very anxious at the beginning. You know, Han Solo's in carbonite, and and uh, you know you see uh, the droids uh, go go to the palace and you don't know what's going to happen with them and just uh you know the first i don't know 25 minutes or so is you know kind of tense uh, for for a, a third grade boy um but then of course you know the hero luke skywalker comes in and, and saves the day and and uh that's just perfect storytelling in in, in my books so um, and then, you know, it's kind of two movies in one, you know, then, then you have the, the second part of the movie with, with indoor and, and the Ewoks. And, uh, I remember Wicket kind of blowing my mind and, and being very, very, um, I don't know if excited is the right word, but intrigued probably, uh, by Wicket. Um, so, so that's pretty cool. And, and if there's, you know, I, I would like to someday, you know, be at a convention or a show or something where, where Warwick Davis is, is signing, I'd like to get his autograph and, and meet him and thank him in person for, for, uh, for what he brought to, to playing the role of Wicket. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much my, my memories and thoughts on, on seeing the film for the first time. And, you know, since then I've seen it, I don't know, hundreds of times probably. Um, it's a, you know, it's one of those movies that if you're flipping through the channels and and it's playing on TBS or TNT or something that that you always stop and and watch for a few minutes and and even you know keep on you know during the day while you're while you're doing other things. So uh, I love the film and uh, I can't believe that it's 40 years old because that means that I'm much older than 40 years old. And uh, that that's in and of itself uh, uh, a big a big uh, uh, revelation. So, um, but again, thanks thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I hope uh, hope my memories are are uh, able to to bring other people um, some memories of their own. And uh, happy birthday, Return of the Jedi! Happy 40th birthday! It's a big one. Thanks, David. Hello, Mr. Quinn. It's Alan Roy for Soggy Scotland. Um, my memories of Return of the Jedi are, well, my era of Star Wars, because uh, I'm only, well, 30, just turned 35 yesterday this was recorded. Uh, my era was episodes 1, 2 and 3. Uh, episode 1 came out when I was still in primary school in 1999, which I would have been 12. Uh, I fell deep into collecting uh, at the time with all the, the merchandise that was coming out, be it the, the figures, uh, the tazos that you used to get in the packets of crisps, uh, or the wee uh, daft things that came in cereal boxes and things like that. I remember at the time the films uh, all came out on TV just at the time when uh, 
episode one was coming out and my dad he brought me up on all the old, good classic films Terminator and so Jurassic Park was massive for me the Lethal Weapon all these kind of things all the films you probably shouldn't be watching as a kid but that's what I was brought up on but I remember sitting watching Star Wars with him and he says he's never watched it and he says he never watched any stuff but he's definitely a Star Trek fan he just won't admit it uh, but I remember when Return of the Jedi came on from then till Rogue One came out it was my favourite Star Wars film uh, I just loved the Endor scene all the wee murder bears taking out the ATSTs and stuff it was just gold I loved it from start to finish uh, so that's my earliest memory my one of my favourite memories of Star Wars and that's what's kept Star Wars in my head since I was that age till now and well, as some of you know I've went deep into making props and costumes and dove in head first uh, into the figures uh, which I'll go into in a minute Hi, this is Dave Brat uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, calling with Return of the Jedi memory. Um, I remember very vividly being excited to see Return of the Jedi. Um, I was seven years old, so it was the first Star Wars movie I really remember opening. And I remember my dad picking my sister and me up from our daycare at Emanuel Church in Clifton. Um, and uh, my brother was already in the backseat of the car. It was our old station wagon. We were going to go see the movie straight from there. It must have been a Friday, I'm guessing. Um, and Brian, my brother, already had um, two Return of the Jedi action figures with him in the car. He had Bib Fortuna and Squidhead. Um, and I was just looking at these, and they had the, the cool flock capes. I don't know if you remember, at least Squidhead did. Um, and these great monsters, which we loved back then. I'd never seen either of them before, and I was thinking, oh, gosh, what could they be in the movie? So, of course, we started talking about them. And then my dad, who uh, prophetically, even back then, was against spoilers, said, hey, you know, don't say anything that's in the movie. And my brother said, no, no, it's not anything. It's just the toys. We're talking about the toys. And dad said, okay, just don't say anything about the movie. And my brother said, like, we're not saying anything about the movie. And then... And, uh, you know, we got in trouble a little bit and had to stop talking about the toys <laughs> for a little while. And then we went down to the movie and we saw it. And I still remember being in the lobby. This this part might be a fabricated memory, but I feel like I remember the previous show coming out and seeing the credits and hearing the Ewok celebration song coming out of the theater and being excited about whatever that was. And then going in and seeing the movie and the rest was history. And then um, I, uh, I remember uh, seeing it at least a few more times in theaters. Back then I couldn't do as many repeat viewings, but certainly uh, the toys were huge. Uh, I remember getting a uh, Biker Scout action figure that was, I was very excited about, and then the bike that went with it a friend of mine gave me at school because he was sick for my uh, birthday party and had bought this for me for a present. And I remember he sent it in with his older brother because he was still sick at home. And I remember getting a, a biker Scout um, speeder bike handed to me in the lunch line at Fairview Elementary, again in Clifton here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, just being excited to have a Star Wars toy at school. Um, anyway, such are my memories of Return of the Jedi. What a great time it was. Hi, this is Jared Clark. I wanted to share some of my earliest memories of Return of the Jedi with you. Um, I was a lot younger than a lot of the Star Wars fans. And actually, my first exposure to Return of the Jedi was on home video. And growing up in a small town, and obviously this being sort of the beginning of the home video era, um, my dad had to reserve a copy of it so we could watch it. And I believe it was weeks or even months in advance he had to reserve it um, to make sure we, we could get a copy. 
And, um, you know, finally the big day came, he brought it home, the family gathered around, you know, the TV, he popped the video in and, you know, the big star Wars logo comes on and fades into the back. And for a brief moment, (laughs) he yells out, Oh God, I got the wrong one. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, seconds later, the return of the Jedi part crawls up, but we all laugh, but for a few brief seconds, in my little six-year-old mind, I panicked, but, um, so that was, that was a good memory that I will never forget. Um, and a couple other ones that just kind of stick out from that very first viewing. Um, I remember when Luke first arrived at Jabba's palace and you just see the hooded figure enter, you know, the hallway. Um, my sister thought it was Darth Vader. Um, and then we were all surprised to see Luke was wearing black. And then the other one, I just remember being extremely amused um, when the Rancor ate the Gamorrean guard and then, uh, you know, the squealing and the crunching and then just watching the hand hang hang out of his mouth. So anyway, those are some of my fondest memories of my first viewing of Return of the Jedi, and I wanted to share them with everyone. Thanks, David, for having me on. Hi, Will Russ, fellow Ahsoka-holic and Star Wars collector, coming to you from beautiful Lake Rathbun, Iowa, on Memorial Day 2023. David Quinn asked me to reflect on the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi and a memory that I had. Well, I can tell you that 40 years ago to the day, I was graduating elementary school in Texas, Friday, May 27, 1983. My parents wouldn't let me go during the school week when it opened on Wednesday the 25th, but they did let me go to the movie theater all by myself. What a great experience. I got to see the culmination of my early childhood and finish off what we thought at the time was the end of the Star Wars saga. Forty years later, we now know how wrong we were. I was amazed by the denizens of Jabba's palace and got to see my strong princess rescue the man she grew to love. I got to experience Luke keep his word and return to Yoda before he passed on in the Force. We got to meet the Ewoks and see 3PO worship like a deity. Years later, I would affectionately call them murder bears because they ate those stormtroopers, right? (laughs) We cheered on the rebellion as they struck a devastating defeat to the Empire. They pulled on our heartstrings when Luke was right and we get to see Anakin Skywalker redeemed. I'm glad I'm old enough to remember Sebastian Shaw as Vader redeemed and Yub-Nub. Star Wars is life. Hi, David. This is David Carr from sunny Southern California sharing a brief memory from my uh, viewing of Return of the Jedi back in 1983 as a nine-year-old. Uh, I do remember going to see it with uh, some friends, um, and we were in this huge line that just wrapped around this movie theater. There's an AMC 4. I can still remember the theater. I can still see it in my mind in 1983 um, in Puente Hills, where I grew up here in Southern California, and uh, being super excited to see the film, having seen some clips, some movie reviews on the TV. I do remember seeing the uh, a clip and a review of the speeder bike scene and being excited to see that. And then also uh, I remember probably seeing a trailer, uh, maybe some printed material of Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in the elevator together and really wondering what was going on there. I think, you 
know, thinking where where things left off at Empire Strikes Back and to see them side by side. So that was kind of mind-blowing for, for a nine-year-old uh, to think about at the time. And I don't remember being bothered by the Ewoks or anything like that. I just enjoyed the whole time. It was a great experience and one that I, I look back fondly to this day. So uh, thanks for letting me share a moment or two with you of my 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi memory. All right, thanks. May the Force be with you. This is Dan Uthman for Star Wars Prototypes and Production. I saw Star Wars at age four in 1977 in my hometown of Winchester, Virginia, at the Plaza Theater, a single-screen building where I had previously only been to see Snoopy come home. Three years later, at age seven, I saw The Empire Strikes Back on a twin screen theater, also in my hometown, called the Camelot 1 and 2. Two years later, my hometown got a mall, an indoor mall. Uh, and a year after that, when Return of the Jedi came out, I saw it in a six screen complex. To us, that was a megaplex. To most cities, it would probably be tiny. But for us, six screens in one building was quite the big deal. And I say this because, to me... Return of the Jedi is the most 80s Star Wars media form. Um, And it really, to me, represented the dawn of the 80s, even though technically Empire Strikes Back was 1980. There was just certain things about Return of the Jedi. I would point out Lapty Neck, if you go back and watch that, um, would be a great example of a true kind of 80s moment and sound uh, for Star Wars. The special editions, they doubled down with Jedi Rocks. That is like super 80s with the brass and the dancing routine. But regardless, even though I didn't totally care for that part, Return of the Jedi does include some of my favorite scenes um, from all the time that I've been watching Star Wars. Um, The speeder bike chase being the primary one. uh, That scene really got me juiced up. Um, it really was my favorite until, you know, I, I got older and I had the ability to study the films more closely and see them over and over again. Because when we were seeing them in the eighties, I mean, you know, I think I'd seen probably each of the films twice before I went to college. So anyway, um, that's why I remember most about Return of the Jedi. Uh, it had my favorite scene to that point of any Star Wars movie. Uh, it had one of my favorite planets, Endor, where you could essentially reenact and recreate um, so much of what you saw uh, in that film right behind your house in the woods. Um, I actually didn't have any Jedi toys, if you can believe it, until I was an adult. Um, but I did have the Collector's Edition magazine, which I wore out, um, had to get a replacement for it in my adulthood. Um, I got the Papa Point pencils and used them extensively in school. 
And then probably the thing that I used the most and, and cherished the most was the Admiral Akbar bookmark. I think we all know what we're talking about, those sort of stained glass style bookmarks um, that came out for a number of characters. I chose Admiral Akbar. I don't know what it was about him, but I thought he was cool looking. I thought he was kind of cute with those big eyes. Um, and also Return of the Jedi also included my favorite trooper of them all, the Biker Scout. So um, despite the fact that I was buying G.I. Joes instead of Star Wars figures by the time that uh, Return of the Jedi came out, there were so many things about it that I really, really loved. Um, going back to Dagobah, everything on Endor, you know, some of the aliens even in Drabba's Palace. I actually love the part where EV-99 is um, putting C-3PO and R2-D2 through their paces. And if you study that, all the background characters and robots um, are just awesome. So I loved it then. I love it now. Happy 40th anniversary. Thank you, Star Wars Pro Types in production, for having me on. Hi, it's J.F. Roland, and as a kid, Return of the Jedi was one of the most expected films to me. I used to buy every magazine with any photo from the film, recording with the family VCR every Jedi clip broadcast on TV. I was counting days on my calendar until October 19, the release day in France. I remember drawing the Return of the Jedi logo everywhere I could, and my school teacher complained, can't you draw something else? Always alien in spaceships. My grandfather used to have a garage service specialized in radio cars, and he had a lot of old broken ones that I found very useful to build my life-size X-Wing fighter cockpit. By life-size, I mean something made of used wooden board big enough to fit a 12-year-old boy who feels like he was one of the rebel pilots going to destroy the Death Star. In the beginning of May, I was so happy to bring my 10-year-old daughter to the theater to watch Return of the Jedi. It was her first Star Wars on the big screen, and I was as interested to watch the film as her reaction. Forty years ago, it was my parents who brought me to watch Return of the Jedi in the very same cinema place in Paris, so it is an evening that I will long remember. Hi, this is Thomas Dickinson. Um... <clears throat> so my Return of the Jedi story is, uh, I should probably just preface this with, I first watched Return of the Jedi in like 1990, I think I was about six at the time, I was born after all the movies had left the theaters, um, and I don't know if it was just hard to like get copies of the VHS, but I think the first time I watched Return of the Jedi, it was on TV, and I loved it, and I recorded it the first time it came on TV after that. And, you know, I watched this copy of Return of the Jedi, oh, geez, I don't know, three times a week for, like, two years. Um, and I have this very distinct memory of a scene where, uh, right after Jabba dumps Luke into the Rancor pit, uh, Luke jumps up and like grabs on to the the grate right in front of Jabba's pedestal, 
and he's kind of like, you know, hanging there and shaking around and it, it's kind of, you know, from the bottom up, you see this shot and like Jabba's goons kind of like swat at Luke's fingers and he falls back down. I'm probably describing it in a much more grandiose way. It's like, I remember it being very kind of, you know, waist up shot of Luke. So he was probably just like standing on a table or something behind the scenes. But anyways, um, I distinctly remember seeing this and, you know, once the movies were released on VHS in a format that I could get them easily, I think it was the remastered versions in like, I don't know when they came out, like 1994 or something. Um, and then the special editions and, you know, I think it was 1995 and then the subsequent like DVD, Blu-ray, whatever versions. Um, I never saw this scene again. And I think when I got the, the VHS for the first time, I told my mom she could record over the, the, you know, three tapes that I was taking up with the Star Wars trilogy. So she did. So I don't have it anymore. Um, but you know, occasionally I've brought this up to other people and they just look at me like, what are you talking about? That scene's not in the movie. And no version of the movie I've seen since then has had it. And I had kind of just convinced myself that I was either hallucinating or made it up or, you know, I don't know, maybe remembering things from other movies and kind of mashing it in. Anyways, at some point I decided I was going to ask someone on a forum and I kind of put out this general ask on, I think it was Rebel Scum, I don't know. And someone responded saying, I remember that. And it started this discussion. And where the discussion led us was that some theaters got different, like very slightly different edits, I guess, of Return of the Jedi. And there were... Like a, a, there was like a main version that was ported over to the old VHS trilogy, but a couple of the like ancillary edits made it into things like the Laserdisc version. And if it wasn't the Laserdisc version, it was some other technology uh, that never really went anywhere, but I think it was the Laserdisc version that had that scene in it. And I guess the TV station that was showing this movie had a laser disc player for some reason and decided to play the laser disc version of Return of the Jedi. Um, and that just happened to be the version that I ended up with and, you know, watched as a kid. Um, anyways, you know, finding this out was a very uh, vindicating moment for me and probably had, you know, much more of an impact on me than it should have. Um, but yeah, that when I think of Return of the Jedi, that is like one of the first things, that whole scenario, one of the first things that pops into my head. Hi, this is Jeremy Reeves. And my first memory of seeing Return of the Jedi was actually in 1985. The movie Return of the Jedi came out in 83, but obviously I was three years old at the time, so there is no way I would have seen it. So in kindergarten, 
there is a student center at the University of Georgia. And I remember some of my friends and I, when we were in kindergarten, when our parents found out that Return of the Jedi was going to be held at the student center at the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, we all got together and we walked in. And of course, when the student center, there are no previews. So when the movie starts at four o'clock, it starts at four o'clock. And literally, the doors opened up and the natural light from the outside would just shine right in. And then you close the doors and boom, bang, you're in the theater. (laughs) So going from outside, it probably would have been about four or five o'clock in May or June. So it was definitely the summer time. And of course, it takes a minute for your eyes to adjust. So I remember as soon as we all walked inside the theater, and then the doors closed. It was just pitch dark, and it took a minute for our eyes to adjust. And the first scene I remember is seeing the Emperor come out of the, uh, excuse me, seeing Vader come out of the Imperial shuttle. And then, of course, he has the talk with uh, Grand Moff Gerard, I believe, and then or Commander Gerard. And then the next scene is C-3PO and R2-D2 walking in the desert headed to Java's palace. And I just remember I was stoked because here I am, the first time I've seen Return of the Jedi in the theaters. It was just absolutely stunning, absolutely amazing. Oh gosh, the Gomerian guards, when they first, when R2 first bumps into them, that kind of freaked me out. And then there's the big Rancor scene. I closed my eyes for a bit. And then, of course, the Rancor died. And then I remember Luke seeing and visiting Yoda. And then Yoda died. And oh man, I bawled. I bawled. I bawled. And then, of course, you get into the Ewoks and the Battle of Endor. And I thought the spear by Chase was the coolest thing. But I remember Vader's helmet being removed and how that just freaked me out. Sebastian Shaw just looked like a skeleton, that sort of thing. And then just like that, the movie was over. And then we went back to real life, and I couldn't wait to go home and play with my toys. Hi, David. This is Joel Slater. My greatest Return of the Jedi memory is going to see it in the theater when it came out in 1983 in the enormously long line that we had to wait in to go see it. The mall I saw it at was Chapel Hill Mall in Akron, Ohio, and the mall was a very long rectangular mall that was probably at least three football fields long, and the movie theater was at one end of the mall, and the line stretched all the way back to the other end of the mall, and I just remember waiting in line. And when we got to the about the middle of the mall where they had like the kiddie rides and like the kids vending machines with the prizes. I, I remember wanting to run over there and do it and get something. And my mom stopped me and says, no, this line's moving. If you go over there, we're going to lose you. So I was a little disappointed. I didn't, didn't get to do that, but we got into the theater and my parents bought me the return of the Jedi movie program book, um, which I loved. And that's the one, the white one with the, has the picture of Luke's lightsaber and Luke's hands holding it up with the blue blade. So they bought me that, and I read that thing cover to cover a few times over. When I got done reading it, I cut it up and put the pictures on my wall. So I actually don't remember much about seeing the movie, actually watching the movie in the theater, but just that one memory before the movie is just great to have. 
So during this Memorial Day weekend, this was a look at some of the stories connected to 1983's Return of the Jedi film and what it meant to generations of fans, friends, and collectors. My sincerest thanks to Andrew Agnello, Alon Bartlett, Dave Brott, David Carr, Jared Clark, Mike DiStefano, Thomas Dickinson, Tyler Fedigan, Jude Hanley, Justin Haney, Jason Hund, Danny Katzel, Chris Majeski, Blake Menefee, Narayan Nike, Chava Oropesa, Alex Party, John Peck, Jeremy Reeves, Jean-Francois Roland, Alan Roy, Will Russ, Sam Sams, Joel Slater, Dan Uthman, Jason Wilsuko, Keith Ware, and Glenn Williams. Your stories were wonderful, and I'm so thankful you shared them with us for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. But the celebration isn't over yet. Next week, join us for part two as our friends share more stories, but this time about the collectibles from the film. And my thanks to George Lucas and the entire cast and crew who made Return of the Jedi so special. Here's to 40 more years of Jedi memories. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a true blessing, and I look forward to sharing more stories with you next time on Star Wars, Prototypes, and Production.